Welcome to the podcast for Healing Neurology, where we talk about everything that can help heal your neurology, which is really everything from food, lifestyle, and medicine to nature, culture, and politics. There is no topic too big or too small. I'm Jillian Ehrlich, family nurse practitioner certified in Ayurveda and functional medicine. And we have with us here today, Ms. Riza Suzuki. She is fabulous. I'm so excited to have you on as a guest. She holds a certification as a building biology environmental consultant from the U.S.-based International Institute of Building Biology and Ecology, which focuses on all aspects of creating a healthy environment, including building materials, indoor air quality, mold, water, and electromagnetic fields. The Institute is the longest running and most credible training program for both healthy homes and EMF fields. She is the author of What the EMF, which is a great title and a great book, which walks people through how to protect their homes from EMF exposure and to improve sleep, reduce anxiety, and live a happier, healthier life. So already you know where we're going with EMFs and health. She has worked over 20 years at Microsoft deploying global programs and writing technical manuals. So you know you will understand what she's talking about today, no matter how technical this EMF business gets. Riza primarily works with holistic practitioners, coaches, healers, and entrepreneurs, and those who are aspiring to be, to offer EMF solutions as part of their services, but we get her today to talk all about EMFs with us. If you are a health coach or wellness coach, clinician, nutritionist, or other person who advises others on up-leveling the health of their homes, please join her weekly Facebook group, which is called The Pure Home in Facebook groups, and you can find out more about Risa and her services at RizaSuzuki.com, R-I-S-A-S-U-Z-U-K-I. So Risa, welcome. We're so happy to have you. Hi there, Jillian. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yay, me too. Me too. This is good, juicy material. And these are things that what you know, we can apply like today to our home to make ourselves feel better. So we don't have to change our mind. We don't have to do any meditation. We can just literally change some things in our environment and it will help our body, mind and spirit. So let's dive in and get started. What are EMFs? So EMF stands for electromagnetic field. And it's a big, long, fancy word for something like your cell phone or um, your laptop. It could even be power lines, uh, anything that's powered by electricity or anything that's battery operated. So again, it could be your cell phone running on battery. Um, they create these invisible force fields and these force fields, you know, as they're you know, running on electricity, right? Your TV, um, these actually impact your health. We don't see them. Some feel them, especially people who are sensitive to energy, um, but they, they detect our health and they're not new. Uh, it's something that actually has been around for many, many years, you know, since electricity was introduced. Do we have any EMFs in our natural environment? We do. Um, so the EMFs that I was talking about, these are man-made electromagnetic mm -hmm. fields. Um, there are natural electromagnetic fields, and that's going to be something like every single living thing. So <laughs> us as people. So there's a we, lot of them. <laughs> so there's lots out there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I have my, my own personal field around me, you know, and who mm -hmm. is an acupuncturist, right? That's how they work. They have needles and they help, you know, basically balance out the meridians in our field. Same thing with, you know, our, you know, our animals, our pets, anything that's living, it could be a tree, it could be, you know, even things that come from the earth, like flowers or essential oils or things like that, they have their own field or, you know, vibration. And because they come from nature, they're in harmony, our body recognizes them, it knows what they are. When it comes to the man-made electromagnetic fields, such as, you know, the power lines, our cell phones, cell towers, things like that, they create these um, fields 
or you can think of it also as a, as a vibration. It's not from nature. So our body's going, we don't know what this is. What is this? And so when you're talking about, I know this gets into a little bit of the basis of electricity, but electricity, can you talk to us a little bit about what the root of like, what is electricity? <laughs> I know we all learn this in, you know, high school at some point, but uh, what is the nature of electricity? So electricity, you know, like you have, you have power, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you have what's, you know, what's called current. So you have this electrical current that is coming from a dam, right? There's hydroelectric power, or it could come from a power plant would be right, like big, huge thing. Um, then it goes down, you know, to, a, you know, a smaller sub plant. And then, you know, if you're outside of the city, you'll see these big, huge power lines, you know, that's still electrical current, it's going into the city to, you know, provide our houses with electricity. So you have this current that's, you know, coming in, it's writing in through all of these, you know, different sized wires, you know, the mm -hmm. bigger, the bigger the wire, the bigger the tower, you know, as it gets closer to our houses, then that's when, you know, the, the wires get a little bit smaller. Um, but that current, you know, tra again, traveling through those wires and through our house, you know, our, our house, our electrical wiring, those wires are much, much, much smaller. They all create electromagnetic fields. And so again, that's how our body is uh, impacted even just by things as simple as, as electricity. And what's interesting to think about is that these electromagnetic fields, of course, overlie each other. So they interact. So when you stand next to a person, you know, your EMF field of your body, of the polarity of your body interacts even before you touch a person with the EMF field of their body. So what's passing through us at any given moment is, you know, many, many layers of electromagnetic fields from, and if we're outside, like, so if we're in nature, if we're in wilderness and we've got trees around us and grass or plants or the sun with its solar flares, everything that is around us, it is already multiple layers of EMF, but these are types of fields that these are vibrations that have a particular signature that our bodies have evolved alongside with. And so it recognizes the signatures. Is that right? Yes. And then the signatures of these man-made electronics, we have learned how to kind of harness this natural power to do things that we want, like run a television and tell us what to buy commercials, right. tell us which pizza to order. And so these have electromagnetic signatures that our bodies don't necessarily recognize. Right. It's kind of like, a, it's like speaking a foreign language, okay. right? If you're just suddenly kind of airdropped into a, a different country, you know, okay. your brain would go, well, uh, I have no idea what it, <laughs> what they just said, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you try to understand, but it, it's not an inborn understanding how to yeah. understand a different language. It is something that we have to learn. And, you right. know, the truth be told, have our bodies evolve slowly, right? Our genes are the same yep. for tens of thousands of years. And so in the last couple hundred that we've had electricity, we really have not. 18, uh, yeah, 1800s, I think. 1800s. Okay. So this is not something that we're familiar with. And Correct. so what does that lack of familiarity mean to us? What happens to us? Uh, well, you know, at a really basic level, our again, it goes back to our body doesn't understand what these signals are. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and I'm just kind of thinking of, you know, could be really, really, you know, strong power lines, it could be, mm -hmm. you know, you're sitting next to a breaker box, which I do not recommend, by the way, but, you know, just, <laughs> just to kind uh -huh. of, you know, give some, you know, more extreme examples, but, you know, these fields coming from these things, 
again, because it's not natural, doesn't mm-hmm. come from nature. So our body is going, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. And what happens, you know, there's, there's a bunch of things that happen. So even if you don't feel anything at all, this is what's going on, you know, beneath the surface. And it is really hard to get your mind around because you don't feel them necessarily, and you mm-hmm. can't see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have an instrument, if you have a meter, the meter will measure it and the meter will make lots of loud noises. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's it's invisible. But what happens, number one, it triggers your body into fight or flight response. So it kicks off the stress response. And the other thing it does is that, you know, as our body's going, what, what is the signal? I don't understand it. Our blood brain barrier, which is, you know, the thin layer that's, you know, basically wrapped around our brain and its job is to prevent toxins from entering in our brain. Well, our our brain is going, we don't know what this is. It gets confused. And for a split second, the blood brain barrier opens up and it lets toxins in. If you are exposed to electromagnetic fields for a prolonged, you know, amount of time, say 20 minutes, two hours, they've actually done studies where they found that you, your blood brain barrier is going to continue to leak with prolonged exposure. Um, the other thing that happens is that your body, you know, cause it's, you, again, it's confused, doesn't know what the heck is, is going on. Uh, it comes to the conclusion, well, we don't know what this thing is, so we must be under attack. That's when it kicks off the, the stress response. And if your body, um, you know, if your cells at a cellular level, um, when your body goes into this lockdown mode, um, your cell membranes will then start to harden. And what that does, you know, is it's going to prevent nutrients from entering into your cells. Um, they also can't get out of the cells. So now you have these, you know, toxins in the cells, um, but the cells is now energy deficient and it's also nutrient deficient. So if the cells in its first half of its life, then it's going to, you know, be abnormal and then it's going to do its normal, you know, cell division or abnormal. And then if it's in its second half of its life, then the cell membrane is just going to simply dissolve. And then those toxins that were in the cell are released out into the bloodstream. The other thing that happens is there's this thing it's called resonance. I don't know if you've heard of it or not, but it's, you know what tuning forks are mm-hmm. or sure. yeah. So the other way you can kind of think of it is, you know, if you're in a car and you're stopped at a light and you know, another car pulls up next to you and it's got the bass turned up really loud and you can like, you can feel the music through your mm-hmm. body. Um, so what happens is your body will pick up on these fields that again, you know, the vibration, the frequency, it doesn't know what these are and it will try to match the resonance. So it'll try to match that same frequency. And the problem with that is especially for Wi-Fi. Um, so our bodies resonate or vibrate between 62 and 70 Hertz, or, you know, think of it as cycles per second. Um, there was actually a, um, you know, a study done, I think it was like back in, I can't remember if it's the seventies or eighties now, but actually he's in uh, Eastern Washington. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, really? and he, yeah. And uh, he created this machine, you know, figured out what the body's resonance was with Wi-Fi, anything that is in megahertz. So that's, that's going to be um, cordless phones, baby monitors, smart meters, the cellular, you know, connection on your phone. Those are in megahertz, which is millions of cycles per second. Anything that is in gigahertz is billions of cycles per second. And so we've, our body is going, hmm, we don't know what this is. So if you can think of it, trying to match up and meet, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, your cell phone, your laptop at those higher frequencies, that also severely impacts your body as well. God, this is fascinating discussion. So 
I just want to walk through a little bit um, everything you're saying. So when we talk about the blood-brain barrier, I want listeners to know having a leaky blood-brain barrier does not mean like your CSF leaks out your body. And it is different specifically than a CSF or a cerebrospinal uh, fluid leak. This is not a leak, like your brain is going to slide out your ear. But remember that our cell membranes and the blood-brain barrier are all made up of it's the of lipid bilayer. So it's little fats that are all lined up next to each other. And they arrange themselves also with their little bit of polarity. Um, and then these membranes are spotted with other proteins. And that's how we have conformational changes. As molecules float in, they connect to these proteins that are in the lipid bilayer, then things happen inside the cell. But it really is kind of a bunch of soldiers at a fence line. It's not one line. And so what ends up happening when we have any type of inflammation, and you can think of this like if you knock your shin, you get a bump. And what that bump is doing is because you've had an injury to that tissue, first of all, some of those cells are opened up and they leak fluid out, then you have an inflammatory trigger that's sent to your body. So cytokines and other parts of the immune system respond. And so your body to get those cells, those inflammatory cells to respond, your body actually does its best to open up those membranes, just like it's going to open up a blood brain barrier, it's going to open up any membranes to any damage cells in order that um, the immune system can get in and do its investigation and repair work. And what we know is what happens with EMFs and other sorts of assaults to our system is that our body responds with the inflammatory process to open up these lipid bilayers in a way that we can get more inflammatory components to different areas of our body to protect ourselves and control and contain and repair damage. And so if we're seeing an opening up of the blood brain barrier, what we know is that somewhere along the line, our body is perceiving that this is damaging those cells that it's getting, it's working to get more immune cascade cytokines and cells too. And that sounds like it's our brains. So these elements, I think, are really important to go back to from a basic biological perspective. If we're seeing this evidence, then we know, you know, the shit ain't good. So, and the resonance piece is also really interesting to me. The lecture that I gave, and we were talking about this in the uh, another episode I just recorded recently, but the lecture I gave for the Institute of Functional Medicine's annual international conference last year was actually on building resilience in utero as a way to support lifelong longevity and health. And it's the idea that babies and parents, babies and caregivers find resonance. And that's really important for brain development and baby. And it's part of um, why we see that the Romanian orphanages were so devastating to children in Romania in the 70s and 80s was because those babies had technically what they needed. They were contained each in their own crib. They were fed three times a day. They were warm, they were safe, but they didn't have any contact. And many of those children died they didn't survive. And many of those children were damaged for life mentally, either cogn both cognitively as well as emotionally. It wasn't that they were just sad or they had depression, but literally their brains did not cognitively develop without the resonance of another frontal lobe, without the physical contact and another being there. And so our bodies from the get-go, we are trained in utero, in infancy to seek resonance with other beings, which we just talked about have electromagnetic fields. And so the training for resonance is early and strong. And what we know from those Romanian um, orphanages is that for some without resonance, they did not survive. Um, they did not survive childhood. So just to recognize that as fields come at us and our bodies try to mirror that 
frequency, if we're getting frequencies that we would anticipate would be from our environment that we would want to mirror, but they're in fact damaging our bodies, then those are things that's a very confusing, it's a very abusive relationship is what that is. (laughs) Wow. That's so interesting because they've actually done studies and have found um, that with, um, you know, pregnant mothers, you know, if they're, if they have a lot of Wi-Fi in their environment, it does affect the unborn child in utero. Mm, do you know what the impacts are? It's um, a lot of it is um, it's, it's behavioral. So what so we're going to see autism, is ADHD. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say ADHD, ADD, mm-hmm. lots of autism or, you mm-hmm. know, on the spectrum, uh, mm-hmm. behavioral issues. Yeah. So that is very important to think about. And for all pregnant moms, I really recommend not having your cell phone on your body. There's lots of things and we'll get into solutions. But if you are um, a pregnant mom who's going, I got to turn this off or you don't have any more time to listen, just please know to close any Wi-Fi that you can in your system, hardwire your stuff and don't carry your cell phone on your body and don't put it to your head to talk. Always use um, headphones or speakerphone or, you know, hardwired headphones as opposed to earbuds. Don't use any earbuds. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they're Wi-Fi. <laughs> I don't know if I need to say that or not, but they're, they're Wi-Fi. They're, but they're pretty high too. Those AirPods or the little uh-huh. wireless things. Yeah. I've measured those. They're high. So are, how so high are, are they? 16 to 18,000. It's microwatts per meter squared um, is what, you know, we um, measure by. Just think of it as a unit of measurement. Actually, sorry, milliwatts. I always get those mixed up. Uh-huh. Um, but just think of it as, as a unit of measure. And, you know, in houses, now we're kind of getting ahead of things, but, you know, in yes. homes, I don't like to see anything, if possible, over a thousand. So like okay. the building biology limits, you know, for sleeping areas, if you're over 1000, that's considered extreme. Okay. So if you can imagine 16,000 right here, you know, in your ear, right next to your brain. Wow. 16, 16,000. 16, and okay. if you have, if you have a wireless headset, because mm-hmm. you know, this particular time, a lot of people are working from home. I usually measure those at around 180 to 190,000. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Folks, <laughs> if you're listening on wireless headphones, don't turn them off just yet, but have this be the last thing you hear on your wireless earbuds. And so, and so what happens is at, uh, at 10,000, uh, that's when your DNA breaks, but mm-hmm. your body can still keep up and repair itself. Mm-hmm. At 100,000, that's when your DNA breaks and it can't be repaired because your body can't keep up with all the damage. Wow. So just a little side note there. Side note. <laughs> Since we're talking about this stuff. The other thing I just wanted to mention in terms of impact for EMF, um, and we were talking about this a little bit before the show, was that our mitochondria are really have sentience, they have awareness. And so one of the things that they're aware to is um, that cell danger response, which we've talked quite a bit about in other shows. And we talk about a lot at the Center for Healing Neurology and just the idea that our mitochondria transition from being... um, power stations to be to battle stations when they perceive a threat. So certainly this level of electromagnetic field is going to is perceived as a threat, which sets off the fight or flight and also is likely to set off some level of cell danger response. And so our mitochondria, when they're no longer producing our ATP for energy, then we will tend to get more tired. um, And we will tend to stay sick, chronically ill. So that chronic illness is much of that chronic illness, uh, mitochondria play a role in that. So that's a lot of the medicine we practice is to get mitochondria back 
These EMFs impact our health and who gets most affected by EMFs? Uh, children, actually. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately. And if you think about it, um, you know, it's because children are a lot smaller, right? Mm -hmm. So the amount of radiation a child is going to absorb versus an adult, they typically absorb twice as much radiation as an adult does. And if they're newborns or infants, toddlers, uh, the other thing too, is that their skulls are much softer. So mm -hmm. the radiation can go, I think it's like, it's, it'll go four inches deep into your skull. Yeah. So if you, That's horrifying. I, this is the most horrible podcast I've ever recorded. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about solutions though. So, so <laughs> just sit tight there. <laughs> you know, like four inches on a child's head versus an adult's head. And I actually, when I was in certification, I actually took a tape measure because I wanted to see how, yeah. how far is four inches into my head personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's children are definitely the most affected. The other thing too, is that because they're growing, right, their body, yeah. you know, is growing literally. And so if you introduce EMF fields, right, how fast are those, are their cells dividing and multiplying because they're growing? Right. So if you got all these, you know, ever you have in your house, lots of, you know, wireless devices, or, you know, you live really close to power lines or something like that, then you're going to be just basically, you know, creating more and more daughter cells that are abnormal. So, and we've talked about some of the symptoms um, from pregnant mamas carrying babies with close to be big EMF fields, but what are, if you're not a child, um, what are some of the symptoms or indications that you might be being affected by EMFs? Uh, well, symptoms usually start off pretty subtle and I just want to kind of want to go back really quick. So children mm -hmm. are the most susceptible. Oh, mm -hmm. The next, the next in line are going to be, you know, either elderly people, or if you're, if you've already got chronic health conditions. Um, so, cause it was, it was kind of like, a, I remember in certification, it was like, okay, who, it seems like the people who are sick or the people who are, you know, like the elderly and mm -hmm. it was like, no, it's the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyhow, but it, it ties into, you know, what the symptoms are. Um, so symptoms can be really subtle. And this is where most people don't realize that they're becoming sensitive to EMF fields. And, you know, I am guilty of the same thing because I didn't know enough when I first started getting, you know, sensitive. It's going to show up as something as simple as feeling tired. It could be you have a headache and, you know, maybe your headaches then get worse, but um, it's not going to be something where, you know, you turn on your laptop and all of a sudden you just like, oh my gosh, I can't function. You, know? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's later after your symptoms start to develop because mm -hmm. again, they, they start out really subtle and then they they will continue to get worse and worse and worse. Or the other thing that can happen is, you know, cause again, because it, it, it impacts your immune system at such a basic level mm. is that, you know, once those symptoms that somehow get worse, so maybe it's you, you are tired and then you eventually just start feeling more and more tired over time or, mm. you know, anxious or something. Um, but then it can also morph into where you start using your cell phone and then all of a sudden your hand starts to feel painful or tingle or, you know, it's, it's something that you can actually tie to something that you are doing on a computer, you know, your phone or something like that. Mm -hmm. But that's usually kind of beyond the, the subtle symptoms that have been going on. If you have chronically, you know, ill patients, or, you know, um, if you have, you know, other health concerns that you've been dealing with, then they can actually be worse. 
which again, kind of, you know, it's, it makes it kind of hard to track down to EMF fields as a source because it was a pre-existing condition, but now it's just made worse, or it could be something that, you know, ADD or ADHD, and it could be something like where you have more triggers. And then the other thing that could happen if you, if you, if your health is already uh, compromised, then they could just start showing up as EMF symptoms. It's just something that you just, it's really important to be aware and just know what they are so that you can start kind of monitoring those. And some of, I mean, right on the cover of your book, and, and which I took for our introduction today, it's about improving sleep, reducing anxiety, living a happier, healthier life. So it seems like some of those basic daily functions can get interrupted. Oh, absolutely. By these yeah. EMFs. So oh, it yeah. may not, it's not necessarily something like ADHD or a diagnosis even. It's really a lot of like behavioral or mood shifts that shouldn't be shifting. Yeah, exactly. Because nothing has changed. Yeah. In your schedule, in your environment, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, why am I really tired? Or, you know, why I'm am I sweating. always pissed off? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm waking up and I've, I've got a headache. What's going on here? As you're thinking about your life, as people are walking through their daily lives, wherever they're listening to this show right now, whether it be at home or whether they're out in the world or going for a run or driving to Kansas or whatever it is, when you think globally, where do you think about there being EMFs particularly concentrated, kind of like in a general life? Well, it basically falls to things outside of the house. Mm-hmm. And then everything, which of course, you know, you don't really have too much control over. Um, yeah. And then everything inside of the house, which thank goodness you do have control over. Um, so, you know, if I were to, if I were to say, you know, looking around outside, it's going to be things like your cell towers, your power lines. It's really funny because people always go, oh my gosh, am I just going to have to give up and go move out to the country? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, well, no, because if you think about it, you know, out, you know, outside of the city, you know, if there's hills and there's mountains, guess what? That's where those cell towers are mounted. They're mounted at the top of those hills because they have farther distance to, you know, push the signal. So mm-hmm. those signals are going to be really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing, you know, same thing with the power lines, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, the hydroelectric dams or the, you know, the big, huge power stations. You know, if there's a big power station, you know, in the middle of nowhere, you do not want to be anywhere around there because you're going to have those really big power lines. And they actually did a study and it was really interesting because in the Midwest, you know, where all the the cows are, um, but there's actually instances where, you know, you have the power lines and because they're grounded to the ground, it creates what are called um, ground current or, you know, stray fields. And so all of the, you know, the cows were not producing milk because they're being affected by the electromagnetic fields from all the current on the ground. Which I just want to add a tiny plug. I, you know, we don't have to go into this today, but when we talk about like the national and global kind of like decrease in fertility, and when we talk about challenges with breastfeeding, I just want to like make allow yep. that connection. Yes, absolutely. So if there's any men listening, do not put your <laughs> cell phone in your pants pocket if you want to have kids because they, they actually have done studies on that. Yeah. And sperm. So it reduces, do you know if it reduces sperm yep. motility or strength or count? I've like, I've seen all the studies, but I can't remember like what the specific details are. Okay. But, yeah. yeah. But so for reductions in fertility, we can also blame EMF. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, outside you're basically, you're just going to kind of, it's easy, easier, I should say, because you can look around and see what's going on outside that's impacting you or is, you know, you're driving around mm-hmm. and then inside. So things inside are going to be things like your appliances. There's mm-hmm. <laughs> right now we have all these smart appliances and it's just, 
you know, luckily turn a lot of the Wi-Fi off on some of these, but some of these you actually can't. Um, so your appliances, your TVs, your electronics. Now there's all these things like um, I measured a house and they had um, smart light bulbs. And huh. so, yeah. So what does that like, mean? Like, what it, is it? Yeah. You, it's, it looks just like a normal light bulb and you screw it in and it's got a chip or something on it and you can control it with your phone. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And uh, yeah, so there's all of wow. these, you know, yeah, all the smart, all of this smart technology, you know, like the doorbells and the thermostats. And I kind of think of those, you know, I kind of group them as, you know, the big things, which are going to be your appliances and then your electronics. And then there's, it's kind of this crossover between the devices that you have and you either take with you and are around you, mm-hmm. right? So like your, your cell phone, your laptop, your tablet, where maybe you're working and you always have them with you, but then you also take them and carry them with you wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Maybe not mm-hmm. quite so much these days, but you know, mm-hmm. if you were to go to a coffee shop or somewhere or into an office, you would bring these with you. And so, you know, we're constantly surrounded by all sorts of different fields. And then there's, you know, going back to electricity, we have electricity in our house. So all of the wires that are running through your walls are creating fields also. Mm-hmm. Are those fields as big or powerful as the Wi-Fi fields? Um, they can be. It depends on how much current or basically how much juice is running through those fields. Mm-hmm. And they, the fields behave differently. So there's more than one type of EMF field mm-hmm. that you have to, you know, that exists in your house. So, you know, our electricity creates what are called um, AC magnetic and AC direct fields, which is, again, it's electricity. So it's going to be the same type of field that you would see outside in power lines. And then there's uh, radio frequency, which is anything that has wireless. So it's going to be Wi-Fi. It's going to be your cell phone. It could also be GPS and Bluetooth. So it's a, they all fall under that radio frequency category, but they're just called different things. Does radio frequency actually have anything to do with radios? Yes, it does. So radio frequency, um, there's also um, two groups of of radio frequency. Um, You have what is called analog radio frequency, which is your AM radio, your FM radio, your TV, uh, microwave ovens. And then there's what is called, and the old fashioned cell phones, remember the big Gray oh, yes. I know those analog <laughs> phones well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's also an analog radio frequency type of device. Then you have what is called pulsed radio frequency. And pulsed means that you still have the higher frequency. It's still radio frequency. Uh, but then you can send packets of data. And that's going to be something like I can text you a picture. Mm-hmm. So remember back in the old days, if you texted somebody a picture, and I'm saying old days, like 3G time, or if you texted <laughs> someone a picture, and uh-huh. it would come up kind of pixelated, sometimes yes. like the little yep. squares. So that's basically a data packet that hasn't quite made it over yet. And so same thing with, you know, Bluetooth, or if I'm going to watch a movie over the internet, or, you know, stream TV, you have all these data packets coming. So you have radio frequency, you know, that's a really high frequency. And then I explain data packets, like they're, it's like, if you took a bag of confetti, and just like winged it, and you saw like Mm -hmm. all this confetti, like it's much slower. That's how the data packets operate, they get sent at a much lower frequency. So radio frequency is in the megahertz and gigahertz, which is millions and billions of cycles per second. Mm -hmm. Um, It goes as low as the thousands Mm -hmm. for AM and FM radio and TV. But the data packets are at 217 hertz. 
Oh. You have all these little packets being sent at a really low frequency and it's in total random order. That's why I kind of think of like the confetti bag analogy because you don't know like how far it's going to travel and where it's going to land. And your body from a, just kind of thinking like from a predictability standpoint, your body has radio frequency, right? So there's a really high frequency and then it's just getting pelted by all these data packets randomly. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like AM, FM radio kind of came first. And yep. then we have this pulsed electric fields. And so what makes it the, the next iteration is just like, what is the evolution of it? Is um, it harder on our bodies or is it just easier to send data? Well, the analog radio frequency, you actually can't send data. Oh, okay. Pulsed, you can. And back from World War II, they actually have, if you were to go and Google radio wave sickness, there is actually a term called you know radio wave sickness because a lot of the radio operators you know, started experiencing a lot of the same symptoms, you know, fatigue, headaches, tinnitus, dermatitis issues, increased cancer rates. Hmm. So again, it's not anything new, but it's just something that it hasn't really been on our radar to really know about. All right. So that's radio frequency. So we've done, we've talked about AC direct, AC magnetic radio frequency. Yep. What's next? Actually, there's, there's two more. The the other one (laughs) is called dirty electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anyone out there has kind of poked their head in, in EMFs, they, there's a good chance you came across dirty electricity and were like, oh my gosh, how do I get rid of dirty electricity in my home? Mm-hmm. Um, dirty electricity is um, basically spikes or harmonics in your electricity. So if you think of a sine wave, right, you kind of have like, um, it looks like a, it almost looks like a snake, right? You kind of have like the up, you know, mm-hmm. the curve and then, and then down. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens is let's say... I'm charging my laptop. And in, if I were to plug in the charger and if the amount of electricity from the wall went straight into my laptop, it would probably explode or catch on fire because it's too much electricity. <laughs> uh-huh. And so what it does, it does, the, the chargers do two things. One, it, um, it basically decreases the amount of electricity so it kind of mm-hmm. scrunches it down very, it's very ugly. So it creates, mm-hmm. instead of a nice sine wave, it's going to have spikes mm-hmm. all over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also converts it to, instead of, you know, the electrical current, it's actually charged, taking that energy and turning it into, you know, power that the battery can use to run on battery mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same kind of concept if you have dimmer switches, right? You're kind of like turning the light, the amount of light up or down. Um, so dirty electricity is, it comes from things like, and if you have a, what they call like a, a variable powered motor. So it could be your washing machine. It could be a blender. It could be a hairdryer. Mm. Anytime that you, you charge something to, you know, can, you're converting it to um, DC direct current, which is something that's going to run off battery radio frequency. So if you have a Wi-Fi router or, you know, Alexa's or anything like that, when those things are plugged in, your electricity is running through your house, you know, at 60 Hertz or 60 Mm -hmm. cycles per second. Mm -hmm. And then radio frequency for all of these wireless things, it's in the megahertz and gigahertz, millions and billions of cycles per second. So you have these really high frequency things that are basically overlaid on top of your electricity and it Mm -hmm. creates Mm -hmm. harmonics. And you also get a dirty electricity just from getting electricity delivered to your home. Isn't any huh. way that you can actually completely get rid of dirty electricity? Wah, wah. Again, the most horrific podcast I've I done. know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't know this was a horror show. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting just a salute to solutions. There was one more. Yes, I was going to say. So, have you ever heard of uh, what's called geopathic stress? I don't know that I have, but I can. I mean, it's a perfect term for what I can imagine. But go, go ahead. Yeah. So, geopathic stress is this is actually um, it's a natural EMF field. Mm-hmm. So it comes, you know, it, it's it's not from anything that we've created. And what happens is, you know, however however far beneath the earth, you have these underwater streams. Mm-hmm. And what ha- what can happen is you have all these minerals that will collect mm-hmm. and they will create these natural, you know, fields that basically, you know, go through the earth's surface and can impact our our living environments. So if you think, you know, back to other cultures and they have what are called dowsing rods, it's, you know, mm-hmm. you have the copper rods and they look for water yep. sources. Yep. It's this, it's the same thing. So what do we do about all this? <laughs> if we haven't scared everybody off. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the first, you know, the first thing is really just take inventory of what you have in your space. Mm-hmm. You know, look, you know, if you're sitting in your office or, you know, wherever you spend a lot of time. You know, Mm -hmm. just take notice, look out the window and see, you know, do I see any power lines out there? Or is there a digital smart meter, you know, Mm -hmm. know, mounted on the wall or, you know, breaker box in the room? You want to be aware of just what is outside that is coming in. Mm -hmm. And then if there's other rooms that you can see that are not as impacted, then you can, you know, kind of think about if you need to change or move anything. And then the, the next thing is to, again, take notice of, what room do you spend the most amount of time in? What is in that room, right? Do you have your, this is a very common office setup, um, but you know, do you have your laptop right in front of you with your phone next to it? Do you have a, you know, a tablet yes. that's being charged, <laughs> you know, a couple feet away? Do you have, you know, like a wireless thermostat, a wireless speaker? Uh, do you have an Alexa? You know, if you, the more that you, ha- you know, have in a space, especially things that are wireless and they're turned on because a lot of times, you know, they're by default, they're turned on. And then all of the options are also turned on. Mm-hmm. And what happens is when these things send out signals, it's a cumulative effect. So you have all this, all this radiation and for everything that's turned on, you're just kind of like, you're just adding more. It's amplified. Yeah. yeah. And that's when you can start going, okay, how often do I use this? Does it need to be turned on all the time? Or can I, can I start to dial things back? So when you came to my house before pandemic, you know, one of the things that you helped me do is figure out how to turn off in my Wi-Fi browser, in my Wi-Fi provider, there was a way that I was sharing Wi-Fi with neighbors or there was a way that the signal was being amplified more than it needed to be. Not that I don't want to share Wi-Fi with my neighbors, but I'm sure they all have it. They don't need mine. Right. Um, (laughs) You know, I don't live next to a lot of neighbors directly so that it was, um, you know, the, the animals in the green belt, the fox and the owls don't definitely don't need it. So right. you helped us kind of go in and figure out how to turn that off with my internet provider. Yeah. So the hotspots, that's kind of an interesting thing because not all internet service providers actually have that, mm-hmm. which I found out. I didn't know that, but um, yeah, you can go in and the hotspot is really, so it's something that, you know, Comcast or Xfinity has and the way that, you know, the way I explained mm-hmm. it to you as well, this is, it's always turned on by default. And the reason why it's there is so that Comcast can basically improve, increase their footprint so that their mm-hmm. service availability is up. So let's say your neighbor was trying to stream a movie and for some reason his connection was really poor. 
Mm-hmm. So by you having that hotspot enabled, um, he's able to borrow your bandwidth so that he has better right. performance. <laughs> right, right, right. Which increases the radiation in your house. So you can go in and turn that off. And so what are some of the other solutions? What are some of the other things that we can do? Uh, you know, I also look at our devices. You know, what devices do you have everything turned on? So, you know, it could be your laptop or your cell phone. Do you always have Bluetooth on? Do you always have GPS because most likely you probably don't need to have them all turned on all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the other thing that I do too is, you know, think about, you know, not only what room you spend the most amount of time in, mm-hmm. but how close you are to all of these things. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, distance can make a difference. Um, typically with your wireless devices, though, it, it's not going to make too much of a difference, especially if you have a lot of stuff. So that's why it's it's a good idea to, you know, if you can turn things off or just unplug them if you're not using them, those are always going to be your better options. Mm-hmm. But the first step is definitely just being aware of what's in your environment, because most people, you know, when I was first going through certification, I didn't have a lot of things, but, you know, that were impacting me, but I still had enough. And I was like, wow. You know, there's all these, <laughs> you know, so, it's so many things. It's so many things. Yeah. And just kind of like things to think about, like, okay, how close am I sitting to, you know, like there was my downstairs room at the time was, um, had a breaker box installed on the other side of the wall. And mm-hmm. so, you know, just kind of thinking, okay, I don't want to sit right next to that wall. Cause I know it's, <laughs> it's not going to be good if I sit there for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So just being aware of, where things are inside and outside. Can you talk a little bit about some of the building supplies that you know about, like the cloths and the uh, drywall and paint? Yeah. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about some of those things? Yeah. So I would say, so first thing, if you, um, if anyone who's listening, if you're um, thinking about EMF products, you definitely do not want to just go out and get them. You should actually you know, look for somebody in your area that can come in and take some measurements. And the reason why is, you know, you, you yes, you can get fabrics, you know, a lot, the bed canopies are really popular. Mm-hmm. The problem with the bed canopies though, is that it's a conductive surface. So let's say, and actually I know somebody who I said, okay, I didn't even have to take measurements because her, her bedroom was really small and it was on a second story. And that means, you know, just with everything, um, the walls were so close to her. So all of the EMF fields from the wiring, the walls would be impacting her. If she would have added a bed canopy, she would probably start feeling worse because all of the fields from the wires in the walls. Now there's this bed canopy that they can travel through because you have this conductive fabric. But, and so what they're supposed to, like what they're marketed for is to be a barrier. Which it is for radio frequency. Okay. But radio frequency is a different type of field than AC direct and AC magnetic, which is coming from the wiring in the walls. Aha. Uh-huh. And so then that acts as, ma- the, there is magnetic in the word electromagnetic. Yep. So yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> there is. Yeah. So that, and that's where it's like, where you, you kind of have to know about the different types of fields and not just assume that, oh, if I get this, then it's going to fix everything. The other thing that can happen too, both with the canopy and with the EMF paint is if you have a lot of radio frequency inside your home and you don't get rid of it, you're basically trapping the signal and that signal can quadruple. 
And when you mean like in your home, like say I have a cell tower outside of a window and those EMFs can come in through that window. And if I paint everything around my room, then there's no flow through. And so those that frequency will just stick right there then if it has no way to get out because you put up barriers. Yes. So there's a couple of things that would happen in that case. So if you didn't somehow shield the window, then you're going to get radio frequency coming in through the window and then just bouncing off all the walls and everything. If it is such a strong field, mm -hmm. then, and it's going through that paint, mm -hmm. the same thing is going to happen. So that field is going to go partially through the paint. It's going to be absorbed a little bit. Um, but what does come through is then going to, it's the same thing. It's just going to bounce and deflect off all the surfaces. Let's say you just like paint and you seal, you know, everything up, mm -hmm. um, but then you're going, oh, I really can't get rid of my Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. and you have you know you have something inside the room that's transmitting Wi-Fi. Guess what? It's gonna bounce all over yeah. across. It was funny because when I was first certified, our instructors you know told us this, um, and then I did some testing because I had a, a townhome, and I was trying to figure out where exactly the radio frequency was coming from that was coming um, into my top floors. I missed all the subtle symptoms, and so when they started showing up, it was very dramatic. It was like, mm. I couldn't sleep. I was waking up with headaches. I was, wow. you know, like it was very <laughs> obvious. And so when I did my testing, you know, I, I put up test, you know, EMF fabric on one wall and it was mm. fine. And then the second wall was fine. Like it, it went down, you know, went down a little bit, but when I did um, the EMF fabric on all four walls, guess what happened? My readings, they tripled and quadrupled Wow! because the radiation was coming in through the ceiling. And yeah. so when I did the last test, which was, you know, like the, the top was covered, mm -hmm. then it was fine. And, and I had like a, a bottom sheet also. Huh. Um, so it's kind of fascinating what can happen if you don't measure and, and do diligence. And so a lot of what you're doing now is actually teaching health coaches and clinicians, wellness counselors, uh, nutritionists, how to evaluate people's homes. You have a course, is that right? I do. It's awesome. I love it. It's a, it's a six month program. It's a certification course. And what, what I've been finding the last few years mm -hmm. is that more, you know, one, more and more people are just kind of, you know, it's coming up on the radar that, oh, it's, you know, I need to address EMFs or, or, you know, there's a lot of parents that are perfectly healthy and they're just being proactive for their kids. And what happens is the other piece of that is that practitioners are getting more and more aware. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, from a practitioner point of view, you're telling your clients, Hey, you need to get this addressed in your home because X, Y, Z. And the biggest gap that I've been seeing is that, you know, you don't have all of the, the assessment forms and know what to look for and, and make recommendations. And you have to rely on your patient mm -hmm. to call someone like me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and in most cases, people will wait, you know, six months to a couple of years. Yeah. Because, yeah. okay, one, EMFs are just, they're kind of a hot mess because nobody understands them. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I get calls and I'm like, yeah, my practitioner told me to call you. So I'm finally dealing with this. Mm -hmm. And it's a year later, two years mm -hmm. later. Mm -hmm. And it's just easy to put off. So by doing this and teaching, you know, giving all of you folks who, you know, have your patients, you're like, wow, I, we could start working on this next mm -hmm. time you come in instead of two years from now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's basically all the heavy lifting. So the assessment forms, what to look for in their answers, 
all the recommendations, you know, and using your patience as, you know, you create your program with me telling you like what to look for and questions to go back to them until you can do that on your own. It's really fascinating. So, you know, what I'm reminded of in listening today is really there is no one size fits all. There's no one thing that you can do to get started other than being more aware of what's in your environment and kind of turning Wi-Fi off. I do love the solution of hooking everything to one, you know, hooking your Wi-Fi or your electricity or your your router to one switch so that before you go to bed at night, you can turn everything off. And when you wake up in the morning, you can just turn one, you know, flip one thing so it's not so inconvenient, but you have your access, um, but you don't need it necessarily while you're sleeping. Um, But other than that, to really dial down into how to protect your home and protect your kids from EMFs, you really do need a person to help. And so you've got a six-month training program that people can find out about at R-I-S-A-S-U-Z-U-K-I, rizasuzuki.com. For clinicians who are advising others, you have a weekly Facebook group where you do talk about topics that have to do with advising other people about their homes, correct? Um, yeah, it's, it's free weekly training for coaches, practitioners who want to create their own EMF program for their practice mm-hmm. and integrate it into what they're currently doing. That's great. And that's the pure home. So you'll go to Facebook and look for groups and look for the pure home, which is such a nice concept. So last question, I'm just a little bit curious about the Institute of Building Biology and Ecology. What is that? What is that place? (laughs) Uh, Well, this is actually, uh, it's an offshoot of biobiology. So building biology, it actually started in Germany after Hmm. the second war. And, you know, when they started, you know, rebuilding all the cities, they were using prefab materials for building buildings and homes. And what happened is people started getting sick because Hmm. of all the toxins that were in the drywall and paints and in everything. So building biology actually started in Germany. uh, And it was really to just help people not get sick from all the materials they were using. So the building biology um, then came across, you know, it's still there in Germany, but the the one in the States is, it's actually not just EMFs, it's indoor air quality, it's water, building materials, mold. I had to go through mold, which was really disgusting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. And then there's the electromagnetic piece. So there's actually different pillars um, that we get certified in because, Mm. you know, it's kind of like our bodies, everything is all connected. Mm-hmm. You know, sure is. and I don't, yeah. I don't know if you know this, but like, if you have a major mold incident, or if you have mold in your house, EMF fields will actually make it grow faster. Mm. I did have, not know that. Yeah, it's kind huh. of crazy. Um, and then if you have a mold sensitivity, most people that have mold sensitivities usually have EMF sensitivities too. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. So the training has been around for a while and uh, it's pretty intense. Uh-huh. <laughs> We were talking a little before the show and you were mentioning some of the topics. Uh, I'm just going to say it's hor- it's so horrible. <laughs> and, and I only say this because I'm not the science person. I hated those subjects in high school. Uh-huh. <laughs> but to understand indoor air quality and all of the gases and all the elements, right? That's chemistry. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we had to, re- we literally had to go through all of the components for chemistry, for physics, for electromagnetics, biology, so that we understood how all of these different things, you know, the air, the water, how it's affected mold. in our bodies. Yeah, mold. mold. Yeah. Yeah. Mold was horrible too. Cause, and actually we had to go through all the different types of mold, you know, there's so many, and then the federal, you know, all of the federal guidelines and limits 
-hmm. which, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, there's the limit that the government sets. And then there's the limits where you, you know, realistically, where you start to see symptoms show up and where people start to, you know, feel different things. And just to notice again, that things are when they're conjoined, they're amplified. So when the first lead levels were set, they were set much higher, they come down again, and again, and again, and again. But again, those levels are set for a singular thing. So if you've got mold and EMF and heavy metals in your body, and stress in your life and poor digestion and insomnia, and your body isn't your lymphatic system isn't able to wash your brain at night and clear it of toxicity. And um, you're not getting restful sleep and you're stressed or you're scared. You're not spending enough time outside. Your food doesn't have any natural replenishing microbiome to it. There's just all of these things are magnified and amplified on top of each other. Yeah. And you know, there two of the electromagnetic fields are actually classified by the WHO as possibly carcinogenic, which is 2B. I don't know if you knew that or not. Which yes. ones are those? Uh, so radio frequency. Okay. And it's specifically for glioblastomas, which is brain tumors. Mm-hmm. And then uh, magnetic fields, which is, you know, electricity in our homes. AC, AC magnetic, correct? AC, yep. AC magnetic. Yep. See, you got it. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a long road ahead of us. I would love to have you on again, just to talk a little bit more of a deeper dive at some future date. But until that time, this is great to get started. And we've got resources from you with our your amazing What the EMF book, which has a lot of practical, very practical, applicable information. There's your weekly Facebook groups. There's your training, your six-month training. If you are listening at home and you are not necessarily a person who will do this training, please seek out someone in your community who you think should, who can then offer this. Um, Our kids deserve it. Our elders deserve it. Our chronically ill deserve it. We deserve it. Um, And if we all raise our consciousness in this direction, then we'll be able to take better action. So Reza, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I knew this was going to be good. I did not know how horrifying it would be, but I did know it was going to be good. So thank you for listening today with Riza Suzuki. We've got lots of ways to continue this conversation through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find out more about Riza and all of her work at RizaSuzuki.com. And you can find more information about us at our website, CenterForHealingNeurology.com. Please be sure to share this show with your friends and we welcome your rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. And feel free to send topic requests to podcast at CenterForHealingNeurology.com. We love that you've joined us today to discuss how to make our whole world medicine. We rise or fall together and we are committed to doing what we can to make as many of us as healthy as possible. And this takes all of us, including you. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Party Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliot Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.